My name is Phil Mendoza, and this is a championship bow hunting podcast fueled by Mountain Ops. Join me and my guests as we give you bow hunting tips to take your preparation to the next level. Welcome back to the podcast. This is episode 47. Today we're going to bring on a good friend of mine, Chad Chenault. He just got back from ASA Foley for a shoot of the year. And I want to talk with Chad a little bit today about the state that is the growing uh, divisions in the in the known yardage division and kind of him from the pro class shooting the unmarked marked divisions. I want to get his perspective on what the feel is amongst a pro class, or at least from what he can take. He can't speak for everybody, but I'm definitely curious to get his opinion on that. Uh, I want to send a huge shout out today before we get started to the show sponsor, Mountain Ops. Check out their Conquer Fitness program at getmountainops.com. So a few housekeeping things before we get started. We will have the pre-registration for the Alpha Bow Hunting Challenge that will be May 28th and 29th at No Limits Archery in Denver, Colorado, up by March 15th. The next podcast I do, I'm actually going to upload it this weekend. It's going to be a bonus podcast talking all about what is kind of evolved from day one when I initially released the concept of doing this last year to what we will be uh, seeing at the event. There's going to be a few changes from the divisions to the to the format just from a uh, just from talking to a few people in the know running bigger events and this being a a hybrid type of event I want to make sure that we get it right the first time and it works well for all people involved as as well as we can can't can't make everybody happy but nonetheless that podcast we're going to do I'm going to do this weekend and upload it it's going to be a bonus podcast and like I said, it's going to touch on the divisions and the format and w- what exactly will be the Alpha Bow Hunting Challenge. So with all that being said, let's go ahead and get into the interview with Chad. So we've got a previous guest joining us today on the show, and he is a professional archer, I believe into his third season as a pro, a good friend of mine. We've got to hunt together and shoot quite a few tournaments together, none of recently, but uh, Chad Chenault, welcome back to the show. Thanks, Phil. Thanks for having me. Hey, man. So, uh, you know, 3D season has, has kicked off here last weekend. You uh, you guys were down in Foley, uh, Alabama. How is the new venue? I mean, how, how is it kind of starting the, the new season, and, and, you know, have you got much time to practice? Where, where are you at with with the beginning of the season? It's, uh, as far as my practice schedule goes, it's slow this time of year, um, even compared to previous years, just weather, things come up, haven't got to see as much yardage as I, was li- I would like, and <clears throat> things of that nature, so it's been a little bit slow uh, this year. Um, the venue, is a, it is a brand new venue, first time we've been there. Uh, it's pretty close to Pensacola, which we used to shoot a IBO shoot down there. Um, and Archer actually interviewed Mike Terrell before we got there. And Mike was pretty open about uh, what everyone would think about the venue. And it's, you know, it's a work in progress. They didn't have uh, a building, really. They had a tent set up for vendors. Uh, they got, they set a record 
for <clears throat> uh, participants at eighteen hundred, almost nineteen hundred, I think. Wow. And they didn't have you know enough ranges set up really. They had to convert the Sims over to to a shooting range, and I think a couple got flooded out. They had a lot of rain there before we got there the week before. So it's a work in progress, but it was nice to be able to get down there. You know, I'm from Ohio, so anytime I get to go down there where the sun shines and it doesn't freeze, it's not too bad a trip. Absolutely, man. I mean, this time of year for me was always the same coming from Colorado and, and you being in Ohio. It's 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 similar. You know, we, we get snow off and on and, and it's tough to get out and shoot outdoors and judge yardage when, there's, when the weather is uh, not favorable, but... You know, you you still you pack up your bow and you make it down there and and uh, and you know you play the game. But you know, this week, t- tell me a little bit about specifically the the tournament, the 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 two days of competition. How is the uh, how is the feeling amongst competitors? I mean, the pro class participation numbers seem to be about the same uh, within five or ten you know participants for the last couple of years that I've paid attention to it anyway. But so a lot of the same competitors are there. So what what's the feeling with the growth? What's the feeling with, you know, the day on the on the event? How how is the vibe? I mean, tell me a little bit about the days uh, the, the two days competitions events. Uh we shot probably one of the tougher courses we have ever shot and at least at ASA. IBOs they'll throw some tough courses at you. But as far as ASA uh, courses go, this was uh, the longest uh, I've participated in, and most people that have been shooting longer than me, that's kind of the vibe I got from them. Uh, I think I set my sight under 40 yards twice the first day. Wow. And so when you're not, when you haven't been able to judge yardage and get much practice in, you know, you look out there, you're like, well, is that target 48 or 49? It's kind of hard to have a, a real confidence in your number and put that number on the 12. Yeah. So, so it, it was kind of uh, just kind of a, a not shoot yourself in the foot the first day, I think, uh, is what most guys uh, were kind of doing because scores are pretty low minus Levi, obviously. He went out there and he knew how far everything was, so. <laughs> he kind of pulled away the first day. He kind of pulled away the first day, and but it was you know it was a good course. It was challenging, um, and then the second day is just kind of that second day is all about the race for the shootouts. So once you get going, you know you kind of know guys start kind of picking it up, and you kind of know where you're going to have to get to to make the shootout. And if you don't make the shootout, I mean you haven't really done anything anyway. So guys are pushing at it and. And eventually, you start. Somebody's going to catch fire and and make that push to make it. Yeah, and, it, and that that second day is all about you know the the, the game is really played in the shoot off, right? Essentially, that's where the money's yep. d- divvied up. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, so a few guys, you know, uh, started hitting some twelves and able to make a little bit of a push and and ended up uh. uh Getting into the twenties, you know, so where where we usually see it, so everyone's getting a little bit more comfortable probably with uh, lighting and you know trusting their yardage a little bit more, just kind of getting a good feel for it. So so right there, you mentioned something, you know, trusting your yardage. You know, you hadn't seen 
a lot of yardage before you get there. And and 3D at its highest level is essentially that, right? It's making a good shot while y- judging yardage. I mean, it's it's pretty simple. It seems on on paper anyway, right? With with all the variables of light and terrain and um, tunnels or whatever the case may be, uh, the game is really a lot about judging yardage. And it seems that the ASA is is taking the approach of we're going to cater to the the masses, and it seems like it's going to the marked yardage divisions. Obviously, with the uh, the K50 class and K45 classes blowing up. But what's your thoughts? What's your take on that, man? I mean, you you see guys like Jesse coming out and winning that event. You know, George Riles hasn't. We I interviewed him on the Natural Born Hunter podcast last week, and he was on his way down to Foley and. Guys like that that are traditionally target shooters starting to get their you know their feet wet to get back into the the 3D game. Would you like to see those guys participating in the pro class with you guys? Ideally, I believe that that's where it should grow is the unknown distance. Um, when I got into it, I got into it uh, with my brother-in-law Jack Wallace. He was a 3D shooter. That's kind of how I started, but I really enjoyed the 3D game because it was always something different. You know, you walk out there and you had to try and figure this out. There was strategy. Uh, you had to use your head and you know <clears throat> and figure out how far that target was. So it was, it was always different. And to me, the indoor game is uh, you know it's so monotonous and. It's just not as fun for me. So to me, 3D is just another game that we play with with our bow. That I mean, that's the great thing about archery is there's you know somebody can find their game, somebody you know can find their style of shooting that they like. There's so you know there's something for everybody. And I personally don't want to see our game changed because somebody doesn't you know. <clears throat> have the targets or when to get the targets and try and learn that. Uh, for me, I may never, I mean, I made a couple shoot downs last year and for me, I may never make another shoot down, but to go up against the guys that have been doing this for years, Levi's been shooter of the year longer than I've been shooting a bow. And to make a shoot off and be able to shoot with those guys is probably one of the greatest accomplishments that I've ever, uh, I've ever done and it was just hard work and learning that that game that got me there so my I would like to see it go that way I know ASA is a business Mike Terrell you know those numbers are fine and I have no problem with there being no yardage classes to me professional 3D archer is an unknown is the unknown game so 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 then what I mean I I I I see both sides of the fence, man, I'll, and I'll be honest with you. I I experienced the same things you did coming through, learning the game. It's a very cerebral game, and that's where you, you know you 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 judge a yardage, and then you identify on the target. Am I am I going aggressive at this twelve, or am I shooting the safe because I'm not a hundred percent comfortable in this yardage, or is this target a little bit out of my comfort zone to be gunning at a twelve? You know, so there's. There's so many elements that come into each target at which you have, what, a minute, minute and a half to make a decision and make a shot. So I really enjoyed that part of the game. And once I learned how I needed to play it for myself, 
then I started to do better at it. So, so I, I mean, I, I see where you're coming from there, and I agree with you. Now, on the flip side, you know, what what I've got going here at, at home with, with multiple businesses, a family, and everything else, my time to potentially judge yardage is 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 dwindled, and I still want to play the game, you know. So th- to that extent, I say, well, maybe I can still get out and shoot my bow and, and shoot at the targets and play on a marked yardage division because my lifestyle doesn't isn't conducive to judging yardage anymore, but I still want to play. So, so I see both sides of the fence. Um, I'm still not 100%. I haven't decided 100% what I would do once I can get back over there. I mean, I, we've got our, we've got some construction still going on with uh, our archery range here. But once that's done, I'm going to have my own range to practice at. So there's not going to be much excuse as far as not having terrain or targets on my end. Um, but that being said, it, it, it definitely is an interesting topic. Um, you know, seeing the growth is great. Seeing people participate, you know, is, is great. Seeing, seeing new shooters and new faces get to these events you know, it's got to be good for a lot of people. But let me ask you then this now. So Levi's got his new game coming out that he's going to be playing here in May, which is a, a variation of many rules and many games. Are you planning on attending that tournament? Yes, I am. Um, and, yeah, it's a combination of a, a few different things. And that kind of brings up a point. Um on the that I want to go back to on the unknown stuff. If if everything goes to known and we start shooting known 3D archery, uh, I eventually I don't think the tournaments are going to re- I think the tournaments are going to realize why are we going and spending several hundred dollars on this freaking foam animal? We can put sure. a freaking bale with a dot on it and we can shoot it at known yardage. So we're right back. So we're shooting field archery again. Sure. It's just, <clears throat> and then so what happens when uh, you get so we get two two hundred two hundred two hundred fifty pros in the class, and you know you have the same twenty guys that are competitive. You know what happens to those other two hundred two hundred guys? Where, where do they go now? You know, so it's just a constant uh, circle, and things are always changing. And so that's kind of what I, you know, I wonder is what happens when this happens. I I personally think that if in, in an event like that, let's just say you got 250 pros that that if, if the class has grown to that, that's what you see. Um, the money will be a little bit better. Now the money's not golf money, right? Obviously, but I think the money will be better. And if uh, if if sponsors or contributors or advertisers start to see, hey, this this is something that's at its maybe peak or, or highest level, and they start to put more money into it, then you're going to get those guys that um, that maybe are middle-of-the-pack guys, but if that perfect storm hits where they're, they're seeing the yardage perfect that weekend, they're making great shots, they've got a little, they've caught a few breaks, you know, throughout the tournament, they have a chance at that point to, maybe not every tournament to, to be competitive, but they got a chance every once in a while, and if that one chance that that perfect storm hits, that they're competitive and they finish in the top five and they get paid, that's enough for them to keep coming back. So I personally think that if things would grow that direction and and it happened that way, I still think that there's going to be a lot of guys putting their name in the hat 
just because that 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 chance and that hope and that Cinderella story and and like you know Chad once you get into semi pro and, and pro the the level of shooters are yeah there are some better shooters than others yeah but they're everybody's pretty good right it's it's a matter of you know course management yardage judging and uh having a setup that is prepared to play all weekend and having all those things perfectly aligned and that's where you see those other guys start to elevate their game but and and that's my opinion and you've been doing it longer than I have in that class so maybe you see different maybe you see that yeah, no there's these, these these guys are just that that good but i don't well, know man yeah i can't say that i'm com- you know completely have a mind made, mind made up either but anytime you have uh, a competition and especially when money starts getting involved and you have guys that can basically do it for a living you know, you take this aspect out of it, they're going to spend their time elsewhere. They're going to figure out, you know, where can they take their, make their advantage. They're going to work harder. They're going to have more time available to them to do it. And so there's always going to be somebody that, that's going to put more effort into it, that wants to win more. And, you know, they'll just have to, they'll just move that from yardage into, you know, their setup or, you know, whatever the case may be. But yeah, it, it, it's it's always been the interesting conversations had at dinner after after a day's competition or you know out on the practice range. Uh, I really miss it, man, and and I'm I'm glad that you're uh, you've taken the call today. It took some time to to catch up with me on on last weekend's events. So so what what's next for you? What's the next event you're going to be getting to? Um, there is one of the IBO the IBO Winter National the. Uh, NFAA Indoor Nationals, and then Texas. And depending on how my practice is going for Texas, it will, you know, depend on how, where my bows are. My IBO bow and indoor rig uh, will determine whether or not I make the IBO and indoor national shoots. Uh, so those are the three next three tournaments that I'll be preparing for. When I make it to, uh, we'll just see how I'm shooting. Well. I appreciate the time, Chad. Uh, good luck here moving forward as, as the tournament season really starts to get underway. And we'll be looking forward to catching up with you again after uh, after some of these other tournaments. Sounds great. All right, man. Have a good day. Thanks, Bill. You too.